0: You can hear me right? Mm. Internet's still playing up. I don't know what it is. I need to get it looked at.
1: Okay. Um, on the iPad, does it sound right? Sounds fine. Yeah. I um, just had a nightmare. Like uh, I was working. I was actually editing the podcast. Yeah. And um, it just my hard drive just disconnected. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why no. has that happened? I pulled the cable out. So we've got like a, well, it might be the cable. Sometimes they're a bit dodgy. And I literally, yeah. just, and as it pulled out, a little section of the hard drive just snapped off. Like from inside mm. the case and pulled out. So I was like, shit. But <laughs> like, that's got all my work on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have to, I've just got Jade to go and buy a new one. <laughs> So like yeah,
0: just transfer it all over as quick
1: as you can. Yeah, just hold the fucking thing in place. Well, what did we speak to Paul about? Uh, we spoke to him about analog wonderland, obviously. How he started it, his type of photography he does. Um, we talked a fair bit about the Wonderbox and uh, also we talked about the community fund.
0: Yeah. Which, which were we good. were which we were amazing enough to win. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So um I kind of when I started editing it, I'd almost forgotten about that. Like yeah. because it feels like ages ago now. So we spoke to him, March. Um well, should
0: we do it? Should we just do a little
1: intro, like the usual? Just use this, it's fine. Oh, okay. All right. It's all right. I mean, you can do it. Sorry, continue. We spoke to him in March. That's what I was gonna say. First, I don't know. We spoke to him in March. So what does that mean? The nothing. It means
0: that we're gonna look pretty stupid on camera because I'm pretty sure that was the first podcast we recorded.
1: Who's the first person we spoke? So you might
0: look. Yeah, so we might look a little bit timid and shy, a little bit starstruck starstruck star struck by Paul's beauty.
1: Yeah. Always, um,
0: yeah. But no, yeah. it's good. I mean, obviously, he he helped us out no end. I mean, we don't have to keep going on about it. You'll hear it in the podcast itself. But um, yeah, we can't sing sing him and analog analog Wonderland praises enough, can
1: we, really? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it was quite interesting to look back on a conversation with somebody from months ago and see how awkward you are uh not you how uh, awkward i uh-huh.
0: What what else do we want to talk about what else have we got going on obviously we're still working on the website yeah same again there's a lot to do there's a lot that we need to work out but it's looking good we, i mean we can see more than we can ever see before that's fair to say isn't it in yeah. terms of the kind of general layout and what we're working towards the, the kind of light is at the end of the tunnel so to speak um yeah in terms of where we want to be at launch. Um, yeah. We want to make sure it is the best. You know, we don't want to rush rush putting something out just for it to be a bit crap. Um, you know, we want it to be the best from, from day one. And then obviously we'll continue to work on that. Yeah. Um, so oh, Obviously we've got the, the, the YouTube channel, which I'm sure you probably listen to this on, or, you know, there's various other uh, podcast platforms out there that, you might be listening to us on but in terms of the youtube channel we've started making some photo videos um which is pretty cool yeah the first video we put out i think it was last week now but that's done quite well uh, we've had quite a lot of positive feedback off that and people suggesting things for future videos or telling us what they want to see um and we should have a new video coming out on sunday are we going to put it out sunday sunday we'll go for sunday
1: well, yeah, you're doing it, aren't you? So... Am, I, am I putting this one out again? Okay. Well, you're making it, aren't you?
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put the new... It's just a photo walk video. Uh, again, it's like our first full full length, but it's our first standalone photo walk video that hasn't been put at the end of, like, a podcast episode. Um, so, yeah, watch it. Um, tell us what you think. Oh, no, it's, it'll be the second one. What am I about It'll be the second one. We did the other one in Birmingham, didn't we? Um, we'll drop links below to the videos so you can watch them, um, and then yeah, stay tuned for Sunday. I'll do on mm-hmm. it. Let's just let's let's just get into Paul. Let's get into talking to Paul. Let's get into Paul. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's get into Paul. Um, right. Yeah, it's just you know from what I do remember in the chat with Paul, you know, I, I was definitely a little bit nervous about talking to him at the start just because we both used Analog Run the Land, right for, for some time before we knew about the community fund and start in front. Um, so, yeah, it was exciting to talk to him. He's definitely an expert in his field. Um, and he's very, 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 very knowledgeable. Um, so it was nice to speak to him. And yeah, ever since then, and he still continues to this day. And the whole team, actually, the whole, the whole team at Analog that they've been nothing but supportive towards what we're trying to build um and yeah we're happy to try and return the favor even if it is just through this mm. do more, please.
1: we'll do just like the kind of cool podcast intro where we just start talking and it's halfway through a sentence and it'll fail <laughs> there's, so, there's usually 50 outtakes before we actually get going anyway <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah should we start off like for anyone who doesn't know you can tell them what analogue wonderland is and how you started it and all that kind of yeah. stuff
0: just in case there's anyone following us that isn't following you but i'm sure there <laughs> isn't yeah no 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 it's, it's lovely the, um,
2: yeah of course so uh so thanks so much for having me guys um my name's paul mckay i'm one of the uh founders and owners of analogue wonderland which is a uk-based e-commerce Shop specializing in photographic film. I run it with my man, who was in retirement, had just retired before I said, Why don't you do this thing with me? I'm starting. It will maybe be an afternoon of work a week. <laughs> now, now it's 12 <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> exactly. She's been full time. Uh, <laughs> she's trying to retire again in the next couple of years. Let's really hang on to that. So, no, um, so it started nearly three years ago. So, May will be our third birthday. It started as a bit of a, 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 as a side project, and we sort of said, you know, this could be fun. But I mean, ultimately, I've been into film photography for years and years. And when I lived in London, lived in central London, down in Borough, it was all good because I had a mammography store, half an hour walk one way. I had a different mammography store, 45 minutes walk the other way. Photographer's gallery was there. You could buy films, you process film, all within a photo walk. And I thought life was good. And then I moved out to Yorkshire and I realised that that was just the London bubble. I mean, I'm from Yorkshire. I'm aware of the London bubble for many other reasons. <laughs> this is a film photography specific London bubble. And I'm sure there were similar bubbles in Manchester and the like. But um, yeah, and just got really frustrated that it was really hard to buy film. film. Um, then moved to Switzerland and it was even, even tougher. But even then looking back when I was trying to buy film when I got back to the UK, the options for, for buying were, yes, if you happen to live right next door to a to, a, to a, a traditional camera store or somebody who hadn't given up on film, that was good, but that was probably fewer than 1% of the population. And then if you go online, there are a few places you could buy from, um, but Amazon still seems to be the number one, despite the fact that it's range was dodgy, lots of problems we know with Amazon anyway. Yeah. Um, and also there are a load of new brands popping up like Double Film, Revolog, Street Candy, JCH launching films. Um, and there was no other thing to sort of bring it all together apart from the Photographers Gallery in London, um, which was a, was and still is a fantastic physical store. And I want to try and replicate that that idea of just making it really fun, really accessible, really easy online. And also then bringing in like inspiration, reviews, sample photos, everything that makes somebody totally new to film. And we know loads of people are coming into film as well as people rediscovering and that. Um, making it really easy for them to be able to choose from a huge range because while I wanted the biggest possible range and I want to support those small brands and products and things around the world um, it couldn't turn into some like overwhelming mm. uh, or inaccessible sort of gatekeepery technical info thing because that would just be be awful um yeah, so that's what we sort of tried to do and it's and it's and it seems to have seems to have worked yeah. well so three years on um we've we've, we've grown steadily which has been wonderful I was able to quit my full-time corporate job, which is great. We've moved a couple of times. I'm talking to you now from, as I said to the guys, before we started recording, the brand new offshoot office. That's a temporary solution for the next three months while COVID spacing regulations are in place. Um, we can't fit everyone into one building that, that we need, frankly. So myself and our new marketing person, still to be formally announced, but you'll recognize the name when it comes out next week. And um, we'll be able to join me here and be able to do all our fancy, videos and, and photos and all the other things that my mum says is faffing, but I think <laughs> it's the real work. Um yeah, here yeah, which is good. So it's been it's been wonderful so far. Um obviously the big shame in the last year is the number of photo walks and chances to interact with people in real life has been at an all time low. Yeah, <laughs> but apart yeah. from that, you know, we're blessed with the fact that we can all keep in touch with podcasts like this and Instagram and YouTube and that kind of stuff. So um because because you know a lot of people might say it or different businesses but, but i came from the film community as a as a passionate shooter for a long long time before i ever dreamed of thinking that it could be part of my my business and now i get to spend my life surrounded by by a box of film which is a very very happy place to be
0: yeah well we, we definitely will get on to we have some questions about you and your personal photography journey um but yeah going back to analog wonderland you wanted to kind of replicate that from when you was in london you know i don't want to specifically say the kind of things that you have on, on the site and stuff but was it just a case of building everything together at once or did everything kind of step by step did you add different brands or did you know who you wanted to approach at the start
2: i think we did, th- there was no point i was trying to be what already exists like we've got to be different otherwise that's no good for the community and we're just taking business from elsewhere so the goal was, you know, and at the time there wasn't, there still is, places like AD Photographic and tricks. We did a cracking job at selling to photographers who already knew what they wanted, necessarily understood emulsions. So we were never trying to graft to like that that market. We were trying to help the folks coming new to film, um, who who you know had maybe found their fathers or their, their grandparents' old film camera in the cupboard, picked something up at an auction or whatever. Um, auction uh what am i trying to think of character shop that's shop. Can't some, something like that you know and then um, and and thought this is this is cool this is fun this is a very different experience taking photos on my dslr or, or smartphone um so that's sort of where the 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 concept came from and, and then as soon as you think in that sense to you well we need we do need to have all those products there's no point as launching as an ilford and Kodak shop because that already exists like what's Again, what what value we bring to the community, and I suppose
0: what differentiates you.
2: Sorry, yeah, what, exactly. what differentiates you from others? Exactly, and and the point being, it's not about like marketing speak for for differentiation for a, a reason to you know get into marketing or like that. It's the fundamentals of can we do something that's new and different for the community that's valuable? If yes, great, that'll be a successful business. Almost you know leap of faith, but that's the plan. Um, so you've got to find things that are different. And you know, when we launched a subscription, for example, the Wonderbox last year, we spent a lot of time agonizing over the details to make sure that it was different from what was available. And like cool film club who do have done film subscriptions for years and making sure that it wasn't just replication or duplication of what the community frankly can already pick up, because again, you know, that's that's pointless. And and the film community. In the film industry is a small enough one that if we all try and running around seeing for the business, then there'll be no one left. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually there's a load of opportunity if we do something fun and cool, which is yeah, incidentally exactly what you guys are up to. Um there's well, lots that's... of websites, there's lots of places to sell things, but not in the way that you guys are doing it. So the concept uh, hopefully you you recognise.
0: Well, that's where we see motiv- like well, we're motivated by what you guys are doing because it's different enough that we can do our own thing, but at the same time, what you do for the community is what we want, want to try and replicate and get involved with and help grow. Um, but yeah, going back to what you are saying about the box, hmm. obviously, you know, we know what it is. And <laughs> yes, yeah, so, but explain what it is, what, what it is. Yeah. The concept behind it sort of thing. Um, just, just for our listeners. Well, I remember it
2: now as the first where I met Luke Palmer.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Romantically, our eyes met over a, over a photo submission. No, the, um, so the, the, the point of it is, um, it's a way for people to explore and uh, learn about different films with a like-minded community. So what we do is we, every two months you get billed 50 pounds and you get six months uh, six films, 35 mil films in the post a couple of days later with some extra goodies, discount codes maybe for labs or free vouchers here or a little sticker from Sheet Film Co. You know, lots of different things we do. The a Santa type once from Rach and um, and then until and so you get your films and that's great but but we didn't want to just sort of you know take people's money dump film and leave which in fairness <laughs> is a fairly normal <laughs> transaction <laughs> but even still with this kind of thing because it was all about trying to learn together what we do then is every week we release a video that's about specifically one of the films so last week was Rolly and Fred the one before was Lomo Lady Grey and um, mix of colour, black and white, usual, unusual, high speed, low speed, blah, blah, blah. Talk people through what the film can do, talk through what the manufacturer says, but then also, frankly, talk through what the community reviews and sample images look like and say. So you're not just getting, what does Ilford think of Ilford Delta? You're getting, what? why does Ilford create this film or what do they say, isn't it? Then is that experience backed up by the community and how do you get the best out of it? So you get a real mix of, the technical and the manufacturer's marketing spiel often, um, and then the community side as well. Um, and then at the same time, there's competitions run every single month where we get guest judges in and people submit. And the criteria is only that you, you you're a subscriber and that you have shot it on a Wonderbox film with a bit of a commentary about what you thought about that film. Because again, the point is you then you're adding back to the information pool of the community. People are people are shooting. Let's say again, Ilfah Delta or or Rory and Fred or or um, Pro Image we had recently as well. They're shooting those films based on what we said in the video maybe, based on what they've been inspired by. Then they reflect on those films. They're entering their favourites into competition. Maybe they've really nailed it. We then share that and say, this is a fantastic example of a Delta photo or a Lomo purple photo or whatever. Um, So everyone is at the same time learning about the films and hopefully getting better at shooting those films because I've always thought, one of the joys of film photography is that you get all these creative tools. And shooting Lomo Purple 35mm in an Olympus om one SLR is a very different experience to shooting Delta 100 in 120 in a Hasselblad. Yeah, experience yeah. and result—that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And then, and I didn't even touch the lens or the filters there, or um, yeah. the flash options. Like so, with that vast scope, it's easy to be overwhelmed or to end up just falling into. The comforting habits and the point of the wonder box is really to gently nudge all of us into trying new stuff but as a group with a lot yeah. of chat with a lot of communication in, in a way um and, and then my joke back at the start was um was because i've seen a few of luke's have come up and been independently chosen by guest judges as a as special mentions and winners at various points so uh, yeah yeah uh,
1: yeah you did all right at that didn't you i was well chuffed with that yeah absolutely like um But I think it's great. Like that Wonderbox, there's so many things that, especially in the first one I got, I think it had the the double film in was the first Mm. one. And I'll say like, so I think that film's great now. But when I got it, I was like, yeah. (laughs) I have seen these films on the website and I kind of never wanted to buy them. But now I've got one, I'll use it. And I thought it was great. I love it. Like, And it's always sold out um, and it's just a really cool film to use. It's similar with The Purple. I had a roll of purple sat in my fridge for... The only reason I bought it was because I wanted The Metropolis and you could only get it in a pack of two. Yeah. Never going to use that purple. I think it's stupid. And then I was like, I've got two of them now. I better use them. (laughs) um, You're like, okay, it's cool. When you kind of... You get like a really cool daytime shot and it doesn't look too purple or something it's quite nice but then i found it quite cool to use just going out my front door because you kind of see the world a little bit differently from all the stuff that's you know in in lockdown at the moment you're just seeing things oh i could shoot that like because it'll look a bit purple or whatever and my initial reaction to that film was I just, I've got Photoshop, right? I can put a <laughs> purple filter on. Yeah, I'm not the same. The point. Don't, I don't see it, but now I've used it. Love it. So, well, yeah. I think that's, going
0: back to what you said, Paul, about having a comfort blanket, and I, I know I was like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I'd stick to what I knew, and then... The more I got into analog photography, the more I'd want to experiment. Even, you know, I'd, I'd even accept that my images weren't going to come out exactly how I wanted to come out, but it was still fun to, to use and try and understand that film stock with the camera that I was using, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I always, thought, I don't know if it's the same view, but I always find that. Especially when I'm buying film from you guys off the website, the examples that you give of that film style, there's a part of me that goes, "Please hope that my images come out exactly the same or somewhat as good," mm. um, which I never do. But um, it, <laughs> it, 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 do you know what I mean? It, it helps because I don't want to just see ten photos of the product in in its canister. I want to see mm. the results. Do you know what I mean? And that, that gives me. Well, it's some funny. It's
2: funny. Thoughts. One of my favorite things is when people and I get this fairly regularly. <laughs> people will email me asking if it's okay if they like review a film two star and put up photos that didn't turn out what they wanted. And I was like, no, please do. Yeah. Like write a bit of commentary about it maybe as to why you didn't like it and, and explaining your reasoning. Because the point being these films aren't for everyone. Like there's still people who will, i force forced them to shoot them with and they still really hate it. So that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's also people who don't understand black and white still because they're like, yeah. I can Photoshop color into black and white, uh, yeah. you know. They, they, It's not for everyone, and that's totally fine. (laughs) But the more the the point is, if you know what's possible with each film, if you've tried it, seriously tried it, to get the best results that you can out of it, whether or not you like those results versus shooting Port 400 on a sunny day every day, that's personal choice, and and Mm. who cares? Like, that's brilliant. Great. We're we're in England. It's not like that, is is it? Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're lucky you found a sunny day. But it's like um, the fact that now Luke knows how to or when Loma Purple could look cool mm. I think um, if we can all do that every time with every roll of film then we all become better film photographers each time even if we never use it again in our lives it's now in our creative toolkit it's in now in our in our bank of things that we can do and shoot and achieve um, and I and I think that's that's really lovely mm.
1: I think that what you're saying about people shooting black and white is like I like shooting black and white film because I can develop it at home mainly um, but also, again, through getting lots of different things from the Wonderbox, box, you kind of see the different things that are possible, and you know the different looks that you can get. I am a bit of a skeptic about shooting black and white digital because I'm like, I, I, I don't really see the point. And I think sometimes you can use black and white as a bit of a crux to be like, well, this photo wouldn't be very good if it was in color, but it looks kind of arty because it's black and white um and also when you shoot digital you shoot raw so it's all in color anyway
0: yeah i find myself (laughs) because i'm shooting i'm shooting black and white 120 at the moment yeah If, if i had a digital camera with me it doesn't matter i can go on a photo walk and i'll take photos whatever i want black and white color whatever but now i know that i'm shooting black and white at the moment that's like my next couple of stocks that i'm planning to use then i'm actively looking for what i think black and white will look good in which I think is, is a good thing. But again, that's, that's a... Yeah, it a, goes back to
2: pre-visualisation and, and how you create yeah. an image rather than just take an image. In. And, and the Lomo Purple is the, is the extreme extension of that, where you're like, what would look good in purple? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or metropolis. Everything. So what, would look, what would look good really muted, really contrasty? And, and my first role of metropolis was an absolute disaster because I... I made the mistake of thinking, oh, this is a contrasty film, I'll shoot high contrast stuff with it. And it just made it really freaking
0: blocky. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> no, now, now, now you've just mentioned that, let's talk a little bit about you as a photographer then, For what, hmm. what is it that, yeah, well, you know, tell us about your photography journey to where you are now. Do, do you go out and shoot often or is, are things too busy or what do you like shooting? The last, The last year has probably been
2: one of the lowest uh, photographic for me, which is a bit sad, but I think, I don't think I'm alone in that as well. I think the lack of, um, it's the lack of, new, you know, I used to do a lot of photos, seeing family, seeing friends, going out and about, and then holidays travel, and, and all of those things have been impossible. And I also think, like, from a, ment- from a headspace point of view, um, photography for me has always been a source of great enjoyment and also a release, but also it needs a certain level of headspace almost for me to feel able to do it, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I always think back at the, the, the toughest times I've had in my life and I always notice that that's when I've taken fewest photos and conversely, um, I think they are very heavily linked and I think generally that's just uh, put a bit of a down on this year but I mean, I, I say that, <laughs> I still shot probably more film than most
1: <laughs> average
2: yeah. people has in a year, that's a low year for me um, I mean, I go back to, uh, yeah, so I was at uni, what, 15 years ago now? and um Polaroid shot quite a lot of Polaroid at the time um, I think it had a digital camera but didn't use it for any more than random party picks and didn't necessarily you know enjoy it or value it that much. Uh,
0: Did you find yourself it. drawn to film then even from from the earlier years then?
2: I enjoyed Polaroid and yeah. Polaroid. And, the, and the machine itself so much more interesting fun creative than I mean digital point and shoots 15 years ago were Slow at the best of times, but weren't particularly mm. uh, enjoyable. And I didn't know much about photography then either. And then coming out of that, I um I got a DSLR. I Think, yeah, soon after leaving uni, and learned quite a lot about photography on it, and enjoyed taking photos. But learning curve was very fast. But then I remember going on safari. It was it was my honeymoon, taking DSLR, but also I had recently inherited my father in law's OM1 SLR. And some thirty-five mil film I bought for it. Um, now <laughs> when you're on safari, <laughs> analog doesn't really make any sense. But even to, like, I, I actually to-
0: thought I actually thought you meant safari as in Google, then, and then I oh. slowly <laughs> realised that you meant an actual safari. So actual, yeah, I've, I've caught up now. Safari.
2: Yeah, actual safari <laughs> Um, and actually came back having spent loads of time shooting the uh, SLR, very little time shooting the SLR, and actually all the photos that I enjoyed afterwards were all the film ones as well, and that was sort of a nail in the coffin for me, the GSLR never saw light of day, and someone bought me then a diner 120 soon after, so I got into plastic, um plastic lens, light leak beauties, 120, mm. obviously within it, and, and from there, then the natural proliferation of gear <laughs> as you pick up deals, people buy you presents, but also then your family members are like, oh, I found this random box of darkroom stuff in my attic, here you go, um, so then it really, really exploded from that, and then I've shot a lot of films since then, the... Um, uh yeah so for the last 10 10 years 11 years has been exclusively film but with uh everything from yeah pinhole to to medium format large format and back again
1: yeah yeah that's cool i think that was kind of um you're saying about like living in london and you could go to i mean you could just buy film in boots i don't know if they sell it anymore but you could buy some like xp2 and i can't remember what the kodak film they sold was And again, it was just using high street stores, but you could go to like Jessup's, get developed, Mm. go and pick them up later. And it was great doing that. It was such a quick way of um, doing it and seeing your results really quickly. And I had the same thing. And then like bought a DSLR because I thought I need to learn how to, Mm. uh, I wanted to see like more instant, like what am I doing? And then as soon Mm. as I've kind of learned it, I was like, it's kind of, it doesn't have the same feel it doesn't have the kind of I like the process of taking your time over taking a shot and all that kind of thing and I know that there's a lot of people who don't feel the same way about it but it's really enjoyable
0: when you shoot on film the people that will appreciate that I don't know maybe it's difficult because obviously anyone could see the work that you've produced but for someone who shoots film and as we all shoot film I can look at anyone else's film photography and appreciate the process behind it Mm. and look past just the initial look of just the photo which is always great you want to see a good photo but when you look at what the thought process or what you imagine the thought process of the photographer behind that that, that's always appealing isn't
2: it yeah i saw a brilliant one on instagram yesterday or the day before someone had taken a photo on Sinister sinister 800t which obviously has the famous halation around red but it was um, a solitary person going down uh, an escalator. It looks like a subway station or something like that. And then the, sub, the the handrail must have had a red light and the whole thing is lined with just this perfect red light all the way up. And it's so striking and it's so obviously sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's so dramatically that you enjoy it on two levels. You enjoy like that, the composition and the simplicity and the lights and the colors are brilliant. Mm. But also, I know that that was planned
0: for the film stock mm. brilliantly. Now you're like the Godfather of film, then, because you you know everything about everything. <laughs> Do you find yourself challenged? No. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I mean, so if you if problem. you saw a photo, would you? Is yeah. your mind half your mind was like, oh, this is a great, this is a great image, but the you know, have like,
2: what did he use on this, or what did she? Sometimes, use on this? Sometimes, but I also know that. Um, the choice of developer and then how you digitize it can back, especially black and white. Like there's some black and white where you immediately get a sense for it. Um Cine still is easy because the hellation is a dead giveaway mm. um, and you can generally guess color tones as well with some of the color stuff. But um, I mean, to 400 is pretty distinctive. But mm. some of the black and whites get pretty tough, especially because you, I remember this, uh, you know, it goes back to my chat. I had the John Mider, the guy behind Massive Dev Chart a year and a bit ago. Yeah. Um, so I was, we were talking about this and in fact, uh, i have a blog about it where we're saying you know you choose a different film you get a different look that's brilliant and he was like whoa you choose a different film then you choose your own developer then you get two different looks right. and then you choose whether to push pull or to do it by- and i'm like all right yeah good point yeah. <laughs> stand develop rotation develop uh yeah. dilution levels different looks man and i'm like okay cool good point <laughs> um that but again bad. that goes back to the of film yeah exactly like yeah. uh Whereas with a digital camera, you get a raw file and then the choices are there, I think, and that's not a good digital, I mean, as we keep saying, it's not one or the other, but I think the difference then is you make the choices at a screen, you have a raw file, that's data, you need a computer to process that, and, and you can replicate all of these looks, absolutely, but the time it takes and how much you enjoy sitting in front of a screen, for me, I don't enjoy that, I do enjoy the physical side of it, and and that kind of stuff. And actually, you know what I said as well, I look back at, I got a load of um, uh, photos printed um, until you guys are up and running. I'm having to use Snapfish, but I'm waiting for you guys to start and I can do some proper (laughs) art prints. Just to write really simple postcards, send some family and stuff while we're not there. And I've got a young daughter as well and they all want to see her. And I look back and actually some of the photos, film photos from last year are really lovely and summery and happy and joyful. And you couldn't believe that happened during the global situation we were in and that's really nice as well so clearly despite my dour start to the <laughs> conversation actually there were moments of, of creativity yeah. and joy
0: <laughs> i think regardless of what happens with with what's going on in the world we will still look back and remember it do you know what i mean so it's how you want to remember it i guess and there's yeah there might be less of them for some people but there's still going to be good times there um and yeah, yeah if you can document it as well but well, you know that's great
2: It has made me think. Like one of the things I'd love to do is like a a a photo book that is like the joy of twenty twenty, that just has none of the photos that are going to become stereotypical, none of the masks, none of the two meters, none of the signs in shops, all the stuff we have, and they are important and historical, and we will look back on those with very strange thoughts in twenty years time. But Mm -hmm. I also want to do a photo book that is purely deliberately
1: could have been from any year. That would be yeah, that's cool. Twenty twenty photo without a. Mask, exactly like, with yeah. with
2: like and uh twenty twenty imagine like, these photos and and they're there they're there like photos of my daughter
1: photos of my wife
2: mm. like you'll notice there's lots missing group photos not such a thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> travel outside of two meters from my house not such yeah. a thing but yeah. um there's a lot in there but you would t- take you a few that m- goes or a, a very good knowledge of the local area to notice that it's it's from lockdown um, yeah, but anyway that's one project
0: that's that's part of photography though isn't it it makes you realize that there's beauty everywhere you know it, it slows down your it well, slows, slows everything down for, for me it, it does anyway I, I, I drive slower because i'm looking out my window more potentially mm. you know not even necessarily what i want to shoot but just i'm slowing down to take in what, what's around me um, and then in the back of my head i'm like oh yeah that's a spot i can go check out and makes you want to explore and yeah you realize that there is a
1: lot of happiness going around popular things in film photography underrated or overrated cine still what's your opinion
2: i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with underrated mm. simply because it's so cliche to call it overrated right now yeah like all the all the instagram meme accounts just batter it still every second day <laughs> it's just like uh I don't know. It's just turned into always a, a, a parody of itself to yeah. say that, oh, no, no. Whereas ultimately, day in, day out, what do people want to shoot? Yeah, it's sinister because the look, because the quality is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's some of the best colour chemistry that people have ever come up with uh, on those roles of film, um, especially on medium format. It's just divine. So, yeah, I'm
0: going to underrated. I mean, you've lost half your followers, but we agree with you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm now going to get on those. Uh, as well. That's cool. Don't worry, our following is not as big as yours. It'd be alright.
1: <laughs> the next big one in well film photography is Leica. Going underrated or overrated?
0: We go massively
2: overrated, but only because I've never owned one or shot with one. So really, I have no legs to stand on there. But having stood up for Sinestel. Yeah, I feel like I've run out of all my brownie points, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna totally abandon Lycra like, to the wolves and say nah, screw them. Did you my know Luke, Did you
0: know and Luke, Luke's nice and posh? His first camera was a Leica.
1: Oh, blah. yeah, it was. It was a very cheap <laughs> that, like, uh, like, uh, It does it does feel nice when you click it, not anymore because it's broken. But I was fully like, I like the, I love the way they look and. Um, they, eat, you know, they look cool. So I mean,
2: jokes aside, every everyone who actually owns one says
1: that the engineering, the A section mm-hmm.
2: is is close to perfection in many ways. In which case, I'm sure that if I'm sure that if I had one, I would use <laughs> it every single day. But because I don't, out of pure bitterness, overrated me.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I went to the store, the Leica store on somewhere I can't remember <laughs> the street. It's on and. Um, they had I tried out an M10 and came out mm. of there like I really need one and wow. before that it wasn't like you know too fussed but I, since I had a go and I was like right yeah love it gotta save up for one of them.
2: I think I've avoided
1: borrowing one for that very reason. Oh, actually no there's one that I can definitely speak about these
2: other is their instant camera which is the Fujifilm um, computers and internals are in our absolutely Fujifilm and it's a loaf of shell
0: on top of that body. Right, when we, when weren't we talking about this the other day? I can't remember.
1: Can't remember, maybe a while ago. I, yeah, I mean, maybe. it looks good, don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. literally
2: the, the same shell. components, mm. the same exposure meter.
1: Everything's right.
2: the same,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think they do that with some of their little point and shoots. Like the Deluxe is basically a mm. Panasonic, but, with a... <laughs> but this is the thing. I bought a Deluxe 3. Or something and I knew I could get the exact same camera cheaper but I still bought the Leica version and I I sent it back because I didn't like it but yes it <laughs> it's such a draw but you took
2: a few selfies for Instagram first and then sent it back
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably did but selfie yeah. with
2: it yeah my new shooting machine just this little yeah. thing
1: yeah because then you get to tag it as Leica like, uh, you get a little hashtag red dot <laughs> No. <laughs> Here's
0: my Leica taking on my Nokia 3210. Enjoy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and
1: that then, was great fun. So my last one, and what is popular in the world of film photography, underrated or overrated, is double exposures.
2: Underrated. I love double exposures, and I
1: don't see enough of them in my
2: life. But like, it's funny because when I, I can't remember, like, you're watching one of the ones I did where, um, on the competitive competitions, I always get drawn to the double exposures. And I was like, someone did like an amazing double, and I was like, this is my weak spot. Like, when they're done well, when as they say, when they're or, done well, or when they're at the accident that turns out well. Not at all designer. I mean, all of my favourite double exposures I've done have been generally been. I forgot to wind on the Diana, um, mm. generally after a beer or two, or you just lose track. It's like, <laughs> um, but double exposures, I bloody love them. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We actually posted a photo to our Instagram um, by a guy called kid capture kid underscore Mm. capture if you want to check him out and he is i remember seeing that and i was like yeah this this is really good he just double exposed a bus and then people walking i think it was a lot on the side of the street Mm. but the bus had like a cross on it and the way it was double exposed you could see the person walking it looked like an arrow and it was really really good but yeah i I completely agree they've done well
2: do you know that um double film started off as a a mobile phone app
1: about double exposures yeah, I think I had it, but I can't. <laughs> see it. it's not on there anymore, is it? No, it did. Yeah, Adam stopped updating it and eventually it got generally yeah. removed
2: to the dustbin of time. But yeah, yeah well, that was originally an out for double exposures.
1: Yeah, I, th- I, uh, I rang a bell when he was talking about it on the live stream, so I'm pretty sure I had it. But it's very cool. But yeah, I've been I've got a little like Ricoh uh, 500 GX, it's called, and it's got a switch on it. So to do a double exposure, you don't have to hold the bottom button in and wind it on. It's got a dedicated double exposure switch. So it cocks the lever, so you can just keep doing it. So you can just do like multiple ones really easily. So I have been out practicing that um, actually before we came on the call, I kind of went out for a quick walk and just finished off the rest of the film and just kind of practice doing it because Mm. I've tried them before never get them right and I would really like to um just even trying to recreate the kind of classic double exposures that people do of you know like a silhouette and a background and whatever um silhouette plus flowers always a classic yeah Yeah. I was doing some ones so my wife got bored of me taking photos well she'd been bored of me taking photos for for a pretty long time of her (laughs) like I saw my dad the other day so and the sun was out and I was like right so I was trying to like silhouettes of him and then like some shots of a field um, whether it will have worked or not who knows but they yeah
2: have. my LCA has the same switch and it does make it um how
1: does it
2: yeah yeah LCA's have them built in yeah um, and then obviously the radio shoot cameras just <laughs> you can just do it with that whiny arm which makes life yeah. even easier
1: <laughs> yeah
0: apart from the obvious of having analogue wonderlanders as your pride and by well, your, your baby, what else motivates you to... Well, I guess, I, I guess the question is, is it Analogue Wonderland that motivates you, or are you still motivated outside of that as well? Uh,
2: but photography-wise, outside of that, and actually, I'd be very careful to try and separate, to, to, to make sure Analogue Wonderland doesn't start to feel too much like work in terms yeah. of that, then it can kill your passion. I mean, I know a lot of, I know it's like, different, but I know a lot of professional photographers who find that doing it day in, day out and having to do it for clients, makes it very difficult to then get excited about weekend or travel. Mm. Um, and I know it's not the same, I'm not taking photos, but it's still talking about like those kind of things. But the good thing is it's different enough for me. Like sitting there and, 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 and you know, <laughs> writing the website copy for the new, you know, street candy that came out yesterday is very different from shooting it and just made me want to shoot, like the sample photos that, that I got across for that uh, look absolutely gorgeous. Um, the toughest thing for me is, is time and time and... Travel and getting outside, which again is, I spend, you know, every week and Luke will know this, I spend once a week preaching to the Wonderbox people mm. we shouldn't be, you know, we should get out and this is what it can do and this and that, but uh, it's stuff, it's I feel it personally, yeah. <laughs> I know that um, but I do have a huge stack of, of films and, and also as well like with running a small business through COVID there has been a lot of regulation changes, Brexit as well, there's been a lot of boring stuff behind the scenes that's just not very fun necessary So I'm not complaining but taking away just time like working in the hours you know late evenings and weekends to do Brexit declaration forms is not a lovely thing to be doing with your life um that kind of stuff has generally eaten in to to um to the time I'm, I'm hoping that with the next stage of the business where we bring on Know, marketing person to help me out with some of the day-to-day stuff and things like that it'll release my time and, and energy a little bit and then combined with longer days and sunnier seasons and who knows one day the return of traveling outside your village yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, that, i that suppose it's quite for. good because
0: i think you i think you can personally tell that photography is clearly a big passion of yours and you've managed to grow analog wonderland what it is so from where it was to where it is now is purely through passion and the love for it um which kind of brings me on to the community fund so mm. was that something you just wanted to, were you trying to think of something just to kind of give back to the community um, and like like going back to what you just said then you don't want it to be a work a nine to five kind of thing mm. obviously you've you know you've got what it's doing but what how how did that come around what, what was the idea behind that
2: yeah, it was something that our web um our website provider added as an option back in the summer. I think it was as a COVID thing. It basically said, look, anyone who runs shops can add a ticket checkout. And I think it was predominantly designed for restaurants who are then moving to takeaway or 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 small businesses who had staff that relied on tips, it. It presumably a lot more in, in North America, some way of still adding that into the payment system. And I saw it and I thought that's pretty really interesting. And me and Mary chatted about it for quite a while as you know we don't need it as a tip for another like the business we should uh, as shops we should you know make our money from delivering great service and great prices etc um our staff uh um isn't normally a tip model uh, i don't know how it's it out specifically blah 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 but as an idea of people being able to discretionarily add something in a world where we knew a lot of our community were suffering from loss of income, from loss of jobs, from all of that kind of stuff, we just sort of thought this, this let's offer it as an option. Let's see whether people even want to. Let's put in something that's like funding the future of film photography. We were not we don't quite know what that is yet, but it's something around this area. Let's put it on there and see what happens. And we put it on there and we we said, you know, on Twitter and, and Instagram, what we were the sort of the vague thing and left it there really. And then it was November I think someone said so what is this about and I was like good question excellent point let me now go to think about it again and we looked at the pot and the pot yeah it's trapped separately in our financials the pot had um had grown to at the time it was like one one and a half maybe a bit more thousand pounds and then by the time we closed in December it's two thousand um, pounds and we were like oh my god this is a, this is a significant amount of money that could really make a difference and what we were then thinking was how do we Tell that in the right way to the right people um without it becoming a separate business charity organization like all those things that have huge ramifications for workload and legal and admin but how do we make this relatively light touch um but but fund it back in a way that that helps the community because that's the promise we said you know that's what people gave their money to um but also it's what we want to do and we have the ability to do that and and in especially in the last year, there's a continued inequality between people who have steady jobs who are fine, who, demand them, frankly, who actually have seen the benefits of their wealth because they're not spending money on restaurants and, and holidays. Not that they've chosen to, but their wealth has increased, and everyone who's yeah. lost their income. And the other thing that we know about the film community is that it's hugely innovative, and a lot of the last two years of innovation, yeah, you can talk about the the, the celebrities who have put on Instagram, they have contacts and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the fundamentals of the industry, it's been generally small ideas, small teams, small projects that have grown and developed and added to produce something much better. So the so, thinking then became, well, how let's let's put some aside for charity because uh, in the world have just gone through, um, especially and they're all youth-focused charities. So future film photography, <laughs> children, yes. of the future. Let's 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 do that. That's the right thing to do, especially this year but then that one and a half thousand pounds let's, let's put towards projects and we opened it out that's criteria just saying look guys if anyone has an idea to benefit the UK film photography community let us know what it is let us know how much it costs let us know what the plans are let us know what they're about you so we can do due diligence to make sure it's no one trying to scam or even the last possible way being over optimistic about what they can do we'll do we'll take on the work to try and vet that a little bit um but ultimately when the money's out there it's 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 there. It's not analog Wonderland, We caretake it for the community. We've been tr- entrusted with it to help it go to, to the right projects. But after that, it's up to the people who receive it to do to do what they're saying. And those ideas that came back were amazing. Like I had no idea whether one person, two person, hundred people would would try and come in. We had twenty nine, I think twenty eight, twenty nine. Wow, fantastic ideas. Of those, I'd have happily if I could have funded. 80% of them probably straight away, like you could tell. So we took a long time then to whittle down and,
0: uh, so obviously we spoke to a few people person to person. Um, we were really and, excited to find out as well, because we were just happy to kind of pitch an idea. Do you know what I mean? But when we, when we found out we were one of the few that got selected, yeah, we were super, super happy, but we were so intrigued to find out what kind of things, what else was being worked on because like you said like the world's not in the best place yeah. and without kind of going into the negative looking at the the best of a worst situation there are a lot of people trying to build things and work on things with the time they have regardless if they would have had that time before or not but i think it's great that people are investing in themselves or whatever they want to do their passion um and yeah but yeah going back to the the community funds we were we were super excited weren't we and just to see that see what other people were working on
2: yeah you can see you can see the other people a lot of them when you go through so many of those applications had in them after the loss of income either personally or organizationally um we have had to look for other ways of doing things we have had to try this ourselves we have not been able to so so many of them they don't look at all necessarily on the outside like therefore this and that and it doesn't have to be that i mean hopefully this fund now runs for a long time and five years time the economy will be great everyone will be happy but there'll still be stuff to add on but at the moment you can really see the gap
1: yeah that's great so you're still running it that was what I was that was going to be my question i see you've still got the tip thing on there but well
2: we'll see we'll see if, if front photography turned out to be uh well the front of an illegal operation and that was actually a, <laughs> a, I mean an elaborate yeah. faceless these, these aren't really our
0: faces these exactly. are masks t- yeah. this isn't a <laughs>
2: podcast at all <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If it turns out all those projects fail or whatever, you know, hopefully not. No, I'm, I'm almost certain we'll be doing it again because yeah. I think. Um... Uh,
1: who do you think is the hardest working photographer today?
2: Hardest working photographer? Um, uh, Rachel Brewster Wright from Little Vintage Photography. Okay. You
0: meant to pick out me and Luke,
2: but okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I know, I know you guys. <laughs> you started a podcast. You guys are listening. I just went out for a 20 minute walk. <coughs> that was pretty fun. But... Okay. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll put a link to yeah, it in the description. Yeah. Um, Favorite all time photographer that can be living and/or dead? Oh, I'm rubbish at this. A
2: because I have no academic or anything background to photography. So I, and also my memory is terrible. So I'll watch things or see things and forget. So actually, the first one that comes to mind. Because I've literally walked, I've stopped on a photography several times and independently messaged two days ago being like, seriously, this is amazing. Aidy McFadden, who's one of the people in the Wonderbox, yeah. who had a runner-up a couple of months ago with yeah. the, the double exposures. And honestly, every time I on Instagram now, I'm hoping to see her photos. So as of today, Aidy.
1: Yeah, absolutely amazing. I, when I saw her pictures come up on that Wonderbox thing, I was like, how is she? How did she not win? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because you won. I didn't... Oh, exactly. No, Joe, this I right wasn't it. the judge. I wasn't the judge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There
2: we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: amazing, really amazing. And then two questions, not uh, film related or anything photography related. Top three movies and top three albums.
0: Or, or you can just oh, do good. top one. We can do top one
2: if you No, play. no, no. I'll yeah. do I'll, I'll do I'll do albums first because I'm more into that than than else. Um good. top three albums. Uh Anne Boleyn oh, I'm gonna wicked. go with their anthology, um Blueprint for City Friendships, which is like the three top albums combined. Uh, I'm gonna go with or Green Day Dookie. You can see how old I am because this is just dating me
0: to the. No, we, we were talking month. about Green Day the other day. We were saying this is how you know how old someone is, but according oh, yeah. to their first Green Day album, we are in this yeah. conversation, were
2: yeah. not we? Green day, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Green Day Dookie was my older brother with take Nimrod. So yeah. <laughs> that. And then third one. It's got to be Fallout Boy, one of the ones, but I don't know which one. Fallout They're Boy. They're the ones I fall back on. Okay, yeah. It's be the earlier ones, not the later ones. The later ones are not that <laughs> much of a fan of.
0: And then, is there is there a leaving message slash words of advice that you'd like to give before you disappear? Um, I would I would always hesitate to give advice to anyone, but I think
2: what I'd just say is um thank you guys for having me on. I am super excited to see what you create. Honestly, I'll I I will be signing up both as a patron and as a client perhaps <laughs> as soon as it goes live. But thanks so much for all of your energy that you're doing. Um, can't wait for the Can't wait to see what happens.